Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Cover 2, a podcast on the Cleveland Browns. Hits! Browns are going to win! Bayfield, end zone, Landry, touchdown! With Dan Kadar and Browns beat writer Nate Ulrich of the Akron Beacon Journal and Ohio.com. With Steve Dorshuk from the Canton Repository. fans now cover two a podcast on the cleveland browns Cordy, hi i'm george thomas with the akron beacon journal with marla reidenauer from the akron beacon journal nate ulrich from the akron beacon journal and steve dorshik from the Kent repository we're all with gannett that's why this makes sense <laughs> at any rate we're going to dissect the browns Old school, 14-7 victory over the Minnesota Vikings this afternoon. And, uh, you know, looking at that game, the first thought that came to my mind was a cold December day at Cleveland Municipal Stadium. When you Those kind of games used to be grinded out. It was a defensive game, and on this day, the Browns had the superior defense. And let's be real. They won that that game for two reasons, primarily because of that defense and secondarily because of that running game. Um, the defense didn't give us give anyone nine sacks this week. However, they pressured the heck out of Kirk Cousins all afternoon. The, there was generally somebody breathing down his neck most of the afternoon. Um, it was impressive, and I just have to ask. After this second game in a row, the second game, who's going to be calling for Joe Woods' head this week? I'm curious about that. Well, I, Joe Woods deserves a lot of credit. This defense is, deserves a lot of credit. George, I, I mean, this game did not go the way I thought it would, and I think the way most of us thought it would for so many reasons, like shootout, never mind. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Kirk Cousins get, gets rid of the ball so quickly – and, and, yes, he only was sacked twice. But, like you said, George, the Browns are all over him. They got credited with uh, 10 quarterback hits. Um, so, you know, the Browns were able to get there, and they were able to affect that game with, with the rush, and then the coverage stepped up this week in a major way. So I view this as a much higher quality defensive performance than, than last week's against the rookie quarterback, Justin Fields, when the Browns beat the Bears. 26-6. I thought this was a, a a really eye-opening one considering how the Vikings have been playing on offense and what it's like to play in this atmosphere here at U.S. Bank Stadium. I mean, it was very, very loud, louder than I remember the Metrodome being. So I agree with Kevin Stefanski in that regard. Marlon? Well, 
it was after that first drive by the Vikings, I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be a game of adjustments, but I don't know if there was so much adjustments as it, they just raised their level of play. I, I don't know if they needed that first drive to sort of feel them out, but I mean, I'm telling you, I was, I actually think I was more impressed with the secondary than I was. I mean, anyone, because just about, you know, you, especially considering their rebuilds, you know, you got new, some new guys in there. And I just, I mean, the way those guys bro- broke up the passes, I, I was, I just thought that was a, it was an incredible game by the secondary. Nate and Marla, I agree with the points of uh, both of your observations. Uh, Marla, as to your um, thoughts on the secondary, and it was particularly impressive in that uh, Newsom was out, was not out there today, and he had been been playing well. And uh, you could kind of, if not see it uh, from one frame to the next, feel that the secondary was back there because uh, Cousins didn't have any place to go with the ball. And it was a classic combination of the the rush did find its way into Cousins' face after that 75-yard first series. And and the, the coverage, uh, I think the uh, film study is going to show, was was really good across. Now, Nate, as, as your assertion that the, uh, the defense uh, was uh, – better than it was last week uh, or, or clearly better one way or the other. I do not necessarily agree. Not that I disagree that uh, obviously they were playing a different sport this week, last week playing against a raw rookie uh, who was behind uh, a wobbly uh, offensive line uh, and, and getting nine, nine sacks was, was one thing, but I thought they did everything that they should have done in the circumstances in front of them last week. I thought they did the same thing today. Uh, and, and there was actually some beauty in the fact that uh, Minnesota scored on its first series because that required Joe Woods to prove that he can make some adjustments. And it, it required the players to prove that they can plug into those adjustments. And boy, did they do that masterfully after that, uh, that first series. It was, uh, it, it, for, for my money, it uh, might have been um, – well, I, I just don't know. I'd have to think for a long time to remember a better defensive performance by a Browns uh, team after that, uh, that first series. Joe Woods likes to talk about the perfect marriage between pressure and coverage. Was this it today? Yeah, I would say you would want, in an ideal world, you would want more sacks. Like, you know, you're not going to get nine every week. But, yeah, I mean, this was really close to it. And, you know, Steve, I, I totally agree with what you said. The Bears had a bad plan with a rookie quarterback but the Browns took advantage and they deserve full credit for that. I'm just saying that the Vikings are a much better offense. Kirk Cousins, a much more experienced quarterback who gets rid of it faster and the Browns were still able to affect him to a great degree. So I think it's a higher quality defensive performance just because of the, the opponent and the circumstances. I, I give them points for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously last week's performance was historic. I just think that, you could look at that and you could say Matt Nagy didn't do nearly enough to protect Justin Fields. Justin Fields held on to it for a long time. So there's a chance it was a little fluky. I think this performance proves that this defense is playing really well and it's not fluky. I'm not a huge uh, Kirk Cousins fan, nor am I a, a Kirk Cousins attractor e- either. And that observation kind of reflects the fact that, uh, He's something like 50-50, almost exactly, 50 wins, 50 losses in his career or, or thereabouts. But he's a competent uh, and, and sometimes a pretty good uh, NFL uh, quarterback, uh, Nate. And uh, 
yeah, to, to do what they did uh, against him, I, I agree uh, in, in terms of uh, along the lines, if you're going to put one of those defensive performances, the Chicago one or the Minnesota one on your resume, this is the one that is going there because today you had to play real defensive football. I also think you have to point out on that one. I mean, here you are taking timeouts at the end of the game to rest the defense. So just imagine the pressure and how gassed they were at the end. I mean, I think that shows you, you know, some toughness, some character, you know, just, you know, it was that part of it. I was just like, God, you know, can Miles breathe, you know, like you when you when he was out there for a second. So I that. In that sense, this enhances that for me because of just how the pressure packed moments at the end. Okay, let's talk about the good and the bad with the offense. The good is certainly that running game with with Nick Chubb and and, and Kareem Hunt. And Nick Chubb ha- had the quietest 100-yard day mm-hmm. I've seen in pro football in, a, in, in quite a long time. He was just – a workhorse, Vicky averaged close to five yards a carry, Kareem averaged close to five yards a carry. And given what was going on with Baker Mayfield, the bad, they needed that today. What did Stefanski Nate, what did Stefanski say about that after the game? Yeah, I mean, it's no secret how good these guys are, and that offensive line too deserves a lot of credit. George on the, the key drive. They scored the touchdown on late in the second quarter um, with the Kareem Hunt one-yard run, 116 left before halftime. That was an 18-play drive. They ran 12 times during that play and punch in with Hunt. And, you know, they got a second life down there in the red zone because of the uh, defensive holding penalty. But they capitalized on it, and it felt like they were down there for an eternity, and they just kept – coming at him. And I felt like that was an offensive line imposing its will. And this Vikings front is good. I've got a lot of respect for some of the players on that front, Sheldon Richardson included. Obviously helped the Browns trying to call timeout, a la Chris Weber, um, when they didn't have any timeouts left after that touchdown. But, George, I thought that that was kind of if, – if you had to take one series – to kind of encapsulate the identity of a Brown's offense, the way they're built, that's it. Then tell me something. Why was he throwing the ball at the goal line? Steve? <laughs> no, that's um, We're talking about throwing. No, I, I'm, I'm, um, I, w- I was puzzled all day. And, and uh, this goes back to last week. You know, uh, Baker Mayfield uh, missed some targets last week. I can only surmise that there's something physically wrong. Baker Mayfield doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who's going to, uh, you know, I played golf uh, this week, and I can get the yips uh, faster you can snap your finger. Baker Mayfield doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who's going to get the football yips. And the way he was throwing ball, the ball today, it, it looked like he had the football yips. That way he was seeing it. It was wide open. The ball wasn't going there. To me, something's wrong. I don't know what it is. You're not going to get it out of him in this post game today. Uh, typically, you know, he just jokes about it. You know, it's uh, uh, I think his comment on uh, whether it's, uh, his shoulder is part of his problems was, quote, it's still attached. So in other words, he's not going to tell you a, a daggone thing about uh, how hurting he is. 
but it's that or it's just something mental and something that he's fighting internally, a confidence thing. And it's something, if, if you guys will all go back to last year at about this time, we were getting into those three consecutive weather games in a row. Mayfield had a combination of an injury issue, and then there were some weather games. You just couldn't tell if this guy uh, was was uh, a better-than-average throwing pro quarterback uh, for a stretch there. And then he snapped out of it in the second half of the season and uh, and really looked sharp uh, as, as a thrower. So I, I think uh, everybody uh, in Browns Nation has to hope. It's kind of along those lines. Maybe it's a little bit physical. Maybe he's in a slight mental slump. But uh, he's got the wherewithal and the mental makeup to come out of it. He certainly needs to. Obviously, that that was the bad on the offense. What I'm trying, what I want to get at is, why was Stefanski calling passes near the goal line like that with that running game? When I, I think they had a, a a first and goal at the two. Why are you not just pl- running that ball in and pounding it down their throat and, like Nate said, imposing their will? Anyone? Anyone? I don't, I, I don't agree I, with you on that uh, line of thought, George. I, I think you have to mix the packs in. That's that's why they went to the fullback on the one play, and he was he was uh, wide open for a touchdown because uh, there were about uh, twenty five guys stacked up against the run, and uh, you you weren't going to uh, get that uh, tough yard or half yard up up the middle. So I don't don't know uh, if I agree where you're going with that, George. I see where you're going with it. Some, something was wrong with the uh, overall chemistry of the offense. I, I thought that uh, that Stefanski's uh, timing on his mix of uh, run pass was uh, at times a little bit off today. But you know. Let, let's talk about the sequence real quick. So they got it first and goal at the five. That's when they threw, and that I think that is that's the play that you probably have the biggest beef with, George, because they got dinged with the holding, and why teller drew the flag, then all of a sudden it's first and goal to 15. If at first and goal to five, you're just trying to pound it in, you know, you're not, I think Baker rolled out on that and, you know, <laughs> Teller gets help for the holding. So then you're like, of course, why don't you run? But, at, you know, after that, they made up 12 yards of it on a pass to Higgins. So then it's second and goal to three. Again, passes to Beckham, incomplete right. Third and goal to three. Then he uh, then he goes to Chubb for two, and then another pass. It's Baker rolling out trying to create something. Throws it to Njoku by the pylon, and that's where they got bailed out with Kendricks holding. Then first and goal at the one, incomplete to Hooper, and then finally you go Hunt, Hunt, two runs, touchdown. So George, I I I tend to agree with you more than I think Steve does on this because and I do think now I mean it's hard because to, I have <laughs> I'm not Stefanski and he's really good but in this sequence I do I do question that a little bit too well that's why he gets the big bucks I get it it's just a question to ask because yeah it is I, I mean when you when you're on the road I'm sitting here looking at Twitter and I should probably never look at Twitter <laughs> but I'm sitting here looking at Twitter and it's a logical question that the fans got to. Why are, you've got Chubb and Hunt? Why are you throwing the ball from from the one? Why? I agree with you, George. But you mentioned Mike Pruitt. I can remember a game against Houston in the early, in the eighties when he failed four straight times from the one yard line. So uh, 
I mean, I, I'm sure there was something Stefanski thought he could exploit. I, my point was I would have gone to hunt sooner. If you're going to throw the ball, throw him something where maybe he can make a guy miss, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I mean, obviously it seemed like they were snoozing on hunt today. How did he get that 33 yard, you know, run? So I mean, that would be the only thing that I would have suggested. You know what I like? I like I like Nick Chubb in most situations. Go down by the goal line. I like to hunt up and over. I think that can that should be more of a go-to. We see it once in a while. I love that. I mean, the guys. How many times did we hear Tasmanian Devil guy? Guy doesn't care about his body. You know, his arms are flailing. Whatever. Kareem Hunt, give him the ball, tell him to go up and over. He is going to launch himself like a missile into the end zone or at least break the plane. If Mayfield gets back to what he needs to be, you know, I don't know that he's a, a true number one overall draft pick to talent-wise, certainly not height-wise. But if he gets back to what he needs to be, that is a uh, e- either a borderline elite or actual uh, elite quarterback. If he's there, we aren't going to be arguing about uh, play calls because no. he's, he's going to be going to be hitting those. So Part of the problem when uh, when Mayfield is as off as he was today, is he leaves everything open to criticism uh, and creates problems throughout. When the chemistry in the passing game is bad, it kind of carries over into a, to play calling, the look and feel of the the game. So, to me, the whole key is uh, um, we almost won't even be talking about play calling because the plays are are going to work if uh, he gets his mojo back. Well, when you're missing wide open receivers and he missed Hunt on a on a touchdown to the end zone in the end zone, and he missed Odell Beckett on Beckett on what surely would have been a touchdown, you you leave yourself open to that kind of cr- criticism. And he he looked like he was off from the beginning. It's just yeah, you 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 saw the sort of pass to Hooper in the opening drive, where was it Hooper or Felton? I don't remember. But they were wide open, and he overthrew him by a few yards. I want to say one thing in uh, Baker Mayfield's defense. I just looked this up while you know we're all doing our work. One of the uh, the things I was looking up as uh, um, game day work research was uh, the three and one. Right, that ain't half bad in the uh, expansion era context. But they're three and one for the second time in a row, and I think they've had the same quarterback the last two years. And during that quarterback's lifetime, they've been three and one twice last year with this quarterback and this year with this quarterback. So I don't want to beat uh, Baker Mayfield uh, up too much uh, for one uh, nasty looking game. I did look up that he's only been, his quarterback rating has only been in the fifties or below six times in his career. And he's lost four of those. So, I mean, you got to give him credit for gutting this one out. I mean, I, I got to give him credit for being the right leader for this team. I, I, I think all the pressure of all this talent is weighing on him. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to be affecting some other guys on the offense, but I think, you know, he's trying to keep people happy. He knows how good they're supposed to be on offense. I, I think that might be getting to him a little bit mentally, but that's just my theory. Well, maybe he misses the service too, because that's distinctly possible. No, I, I would definitely agree with that. Trace McLaughlin. It'd be fun to know who his mentor is, wasn't it? I mean, who he's talking to tonight. 
to me, he needs uh, needs somebody in his head who, who he trusts. Uh, uh, Nate, maybe you uh, you know who his uh, two uh, first best friends are, but uh, I really would like to know uh, who he talks to. Uh, of course, he's married. I'm sure he talks to his wife, but uh, he, he needs to have a uh, uh, soul deep conversation with the people important to him uh, after a game like that. Chase McLaughlin, do do the Browns officially have a kicker? Yes. On another one of 50 yards or, or today, do they officially have a kicker? Yeah, I think you have to say that they do. I mean, the guy had a, a historic performance last week and then followed it up with this. Uh, I mean, not just the 50. What was it, 53 today? Um, but a 48-yard field goal, too. Pretty good. So, yeah, I mean, I think that they should have a lot of confidence in this guy at this point. Again, I mean, maybe – it's hard for me to tell because I think the press box at Arrowhead, they have they have it sealed up in a way that it does keep a lot of sound out. But this was so loud today. This is a really tough environment. And, you know, I think for the kicker, that's a big deal. Uh, and he's he's just rolling right now. So, yeah, I give him a lot of credit because, let's face it, you know, training camp, he had a pretty good training camp. But the way that preseason ended with that, that crazy missed extra point. It was just as far right as you could ever imagine. I didn't know what was going to happen, but he's really steadied since then. Well, and if he convinced Miles Garrett that he's the guy, I mean, who should argue with that, you know? So um, obviously he has faith in him. And what was Miles's quote? Kid has a hell of a leg. Yeah. Like yeah, it was kind of funny to, yeah. the way Miles put it. But yeah, he kind of reached out to the, uh, the young man. All right, guys, I think we're going to wrap it up before we go. I got to tell you about a new sport. Sports Plus, Family's sports app for all your Browns information. We're honored because we're one of the first six markets in the United States to get this app covering Cleveland sports and actually Ohio sports. So download it, check it out. With that, I'm going to say goodbye or Steve Dorchuk, Marla Reinauer, and Nate Ulrich. And we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.